again. <laughs> Hi. Hi. It's Friday. It's 2 p.m. Eastern. I know we're all the way across North America today uh, with those of us who are on the screen. And that means that it's time for Kick-Ass Career Conversations with Louise and Kim and Taz. We, we are joined by Taz today and, you know, absolutely out there Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of years in Hawaii. <laughs> there we go. There we go. We're excited to learn more about you, Taz, and have you share your brilliance with us today. But let's get started the way we always do. What are we celebrating this week? Uh, I'm leaning into experiments this week. Um, that's maybe a theme that I've celebrated before here on um, Kick-Ass Conversations, um, but it really is something that I feel is so valuable and important and something for me to lean into and recognize as a recovering perfectionist. Experimenting has not been my strong suit. Um, so anytime that I get an opportunity to celebrate that about myself, about my business, uh, about this podcast, um, about people and clients, um, I want to dive into that because it really is, it's not always easy, um, but it's so valuable. And that's what our celebrations are about, right? It's about calling out those things that um, we're really proud of. They don't have to be big things or like uh, changing the world things. Um, it's the little things and the little steps that we do. And so that's what I'm celebrating today. And even though it's small steps, you can still do epic shit. <laughs> so true. It adds up. It does. Absolutely. Yeah. Taz, what are you celebrating? I'm honestly celebrating. Uh, I know we were chatting earlier, but y'all, I am doing a home remodel and it's my very first time ever doing one. This has been a three month process, which, you know, I know, hey, OK, only three months. I've talked to some people who have been doing remodels forever, always tinkering or two, three year projects. Um, but the, being my first one and never really having painted much besides maybe a wall or two painting the whole entire downstairs. Never realized there was so much surface area. Um, <laughs> colors to go from and how you know detailed sometimes you had to get. So yeah, so I'm celebrating the fact that I did it and that I learned a new skill and I'm a master taper now in terms of trim and walls. <laughs> I will be calling you when we need to repaint. <laughs> this is fantastic. Um, I think mine is along the lines of what, Louise, what you're sharing with experimenting. Um, so each month I come up with kind of a theme um, and the, the, the theme allows me to create some focus for myself, be a little bit more intentional in a certain area. And May was all about manifestation, which was fantastic and it was fun. And there was a lot of energy um, that was moving and I'm seeing a lot of those things come into fruition now, which is even more fun. And June for me was about is about ease. Um, and I actually, I've, I've named it Joyful June, but for me, joy comes from that place of ease. And so really leaning into both for myself and with my clients of where am I making this harder than it needs to be? <laughs> I think we're all guilty of that. We can totally make things harder than it needs to be. And I think we have, uh, my husband and I have been talking about all sorts of things, long range plans and short range plans. And I keep coming back to this could be really overwhelming and really scary, but where is it easy? And the, the easy is where I am right now, right in this moment. And that's been a lot of fun is kind of finding my, my way back to present moment. And I know we're going to probably talk a lot about that today with this concept of emotional freedom, but, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it, so that's been, that's my celebration right now is being in that place of nice. So, um, Taz, we heard a little bit about you with your remodel, but let me share with the world a little bit more about you and then you can share even more. Okay. Um, so Taz is a life coach and master practitioner, emotional freedom techniques, um, which is tapping, which we will talk more about in a little bit with over 27 years of mentoring, coaching, advising, leadership, and counseling experience. She specializes in PTSD, trauma, anxiety, depression, and navigating life transitions. She helps folks rediscover and live their soulful life with more passion, purpose, and play. And here's the thing. 
that I'm going to say about Taz, and you're going to learn from her specifically, is that sounds great. And I probably could have picked a lot of that from a lot of people, a lot of EFT practitioners, a lot of life coaches, a lot of people in leadership development. Taz brings a little something extra special that you just wouldn't think is there. Louise, do you want to ask your magic question? <laughs> well, yeah, I am fascinated by career journeys. His way, it's always like a crayon on a piece of paper. Ooh, how we get where, yeah, right. How we get where we are is yeah. never a straight line. And nope. we often think or we start on our journey and assume that it is. And so, Taz, tell us a little bit about your crayon and where it's taking you and how you got here today. Sure, sure. Well, thank you. First off, thank you for having me on the show today. I love y'all both. And I'm so excited to share a little bit more and just connect, you know, and, and uh, be able to share EFT and other things with people. And if it ha happens to provide a spark you know, for their own life to provide that experimentation or ease and joy. Uh, it's so, so, so worth it. I think you all agree totally because you're living it right now as well. My career, um, I started out in the military and so actually did Civil Air Patrol in high school, which was a civic organization, but it had military roots with it and search and rescue aspect. And then when I went to college, I ended up being commissioned uh, right out of college into the Air Force. And I spent about 25 years in the Air Force, retired uh, just over five years ago. And the career with even in the Air Force, technically I had about 19 different jobs because um, as an officer in the Air Force, you know, every two to three years you're moving, if not sooner, depending on the assignments you get or the opportunities that you receive. And so I've been there, I've done everything from intelligence career field to a congressional liaison, um, to being an executive assistant, which is, you know, kind of an executive office manager for generals, um, and then also an instructor at the college level. So a lot of different things within the military. Uh, and then when along the way, as I was working on my professional development and education, I thought I had wanted to do marriage and family counseling for life after the military. Life kind of took a big, some big curves and dips for me, as with many of us, and I'll, I'll share more of that in a moment. But what I realized was that's not what, what was meant for me. Um, and because of my military background, um, I have a degree in Middle East studies that the Air Force sent me to get, and then I do have a degree in counseling, a master's in counseling, but the Air Force then sent me on a deployment for a year. And so I spent time over in Israel, Palestinian Authority and, and uh, Jordan working a State Department and Department of Defense mission. Um, and then as I increased in responsibilities, you know, that ability to come back and see clients on the counseling side just was not there. So after I retired, um, I was like, all right, so now what? So I, you know, huge life changes for me. I'd gotten divorced, moved across country, um, was still dealing with my own healing journey of post-traumatic stress, anxiety, and depression that I really hadn't addressed uh, fully yet. And um, all of that kind of led to, you know, a couple life personal and professional life crisis of, well, what do I want to do? And I took kind of an initial transition job that at the time is very, fairly common for folks leaving a long-term um, profession and going into a new one and you kind of go of a mindset going, okay, this is going to be another long-term profession. Uh, and I ended up working full-time at our local YMCA, uh, which is a nonprofit, a beautiful organization. I still work for them, but part-time uh, as another multi-passionate hat as an instructor. Uh, but that full-time, I did it as a membership director um, responsible for over 10,000 members and a staff, full-time staff of, or part-time staff of about 50 personnel that I supervised directly. And I got to realize real quick that that just was not where my passion was. And I went through all these emotions of feeling guilty and feeling um, somehow that I'm abandoning, you know, the mission if I leave it, you know, still kind of that military mindset. And I realized that um, once all these other things were happening in my life that were kind of culminating to a point that I needed to address personally, um, I decided to make that final decision and stepped away from the Y. And literally three weeks later, COVID hit. 
And so now I'm really like, okay, well now what, you know, I'm, I'm jobless. I, you know, in this place, this dark place in my life, um, suicide, ideation, depression, anxiety, et cetera. And it was actually a, a quote, because I'm a lifelong learner, um, love book nerd, love reading, love learning, and came across a, a statistic that had said, we have over 60,000 thoughts a day. And that of those, 90 to 95% are repetitive. And of that, 80 to 85% are um, negative. And that just kind of struck me, hit home of, oh my goodness, I basically spent my entire adult life in fight, flight, freeze, and letting all those automatic negative thoughts just run amok. And so that's really what shifted and changed my journey to realize, all right, now what do I want to do? And that's where I kind of came back then to some of my roots and passions with regards to um, teaching at the local Y as an instructor. So I teach special populations of um, Rocksteady Boxing, which uh, supports those with Parkinson's disease. Uh, I teach uh, a program called Live Strong, which helps cancer survivors kind of get back to health and wellness and fitness um, at the Y. And then I also teach dance fitness, which dancing has always been something that I love. Um, and then I also decided, all right, well, do I really want to do counseling? And I realized my the answer was no, that I wanted to do and kind of as I learned and grew and then my own healing journey, I realized I really loved doing the life coaching and then came across uh, emotional freedom techniques because of that. Um, and I think so many entrepreneurs and so many women in business, <clears throat> we go through, you know, such doubt or such questioning of ourselves. Are we good enough? Are we, And, you know, hey, reformed perfectionist myself. So all of those same questions. Uh, and I realized through tapping when I experienced it the first time and the topic was someone else was working with a coach who was tapping and dealing with imposter syndrome and self-doubt. And we were tapping along called Borrowed Benefits. You know, we're in the audience and we're all tapping. And afterwards, I'm like, holy cow, this is amazing. Uh, and I remember hearing of tapping, you know, 15, 20 years ago when I was first working um, on my licensure for counseling. And I'm like, that's too woo-woo. No, not doing it. Um, I want to be logical, factual, you know, let's, let's do this. And then once I experienced it, that was it. I was like, all right, I want to learn. I want to, I want to add this to my coaching um, and help others just be able to, because literally within a couple sessions, it helped me work through and process and resolve my PTSD, my depression, my anxiety, and just kind of really gave me that fuel to continue to be of service to others and realize that, you know, we're not alone and that really there are some amazing resources that are out there when we finally take that time and that courageous first step to do something different. Yeah. I know, right? You just like, what? I just want to sit with all that. that I told you, I warned you all. <laughs> it's really amazing. <laughs> you know, when we go through like our our lives, our career journeys, because it's all part of our life, right? And that we do, we kind of pick up these experiences along the way. We never quite know how they're going to play into our future selves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and we get to a place where, and it's often, you know, th through myself and my journey and, and who I coach as well, is that we have these crises that like allow us to pause for a moment hopefully right and then we get to evaluate what what from our past have we picked up along the way what where are those things that we want to carry forward and what are the things that we want to put down yeah. Um, yeah. and if we're not putting anything down we can't pick anything up yep so true yeah you've got to create that space because if you don't it's just it's not going to be there you're always going to be sitting there feeling like you're doing this yeah a little dog paddle yeah. It's, it's so interesting is this morning I was, um, I was listening to somebody else's story about themselves and it resonated so deeply. I felt like, did she, did she take my story? <laughs> right. Because she was talking about that breaking point, that crisis. And I tell my stories all the time and I've shared with Louise just personally, like it's hard for me to find those Where's that aha moment? Where's that breaking point that happened? And yet when I look back, it, it wasn't dramatic, 
right? There was no, I can't say that. There, Yes, there were some dramatic moments, but those were few and far between, thankfully. And it was the cumulative effects of yeah. lots of little yep. things yep. that led to a point where I just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. I, ju I just got pushed to my limit. And so then it's like, now I have to pivot. I have to shift. I have to change. I have to look for what is available, right? Yeah. What is that next thing um, personally or professionally? Um, I'd love to know, right? You had that experience with tapping. Yeah. Um, actually, let's step back just a second. Maybe sure. not everybody listening even understands this thing, emotional freedom technique, tapping. Do you want to give a little bit more on, on what that sure. is? Sure. So emotional freedom techniques, it, it was actually developed uh, or, or came about in the 1980s, kind of coming off of um, what was considered somatic. So understanding more and more that, you know, hey, our, our body stores uh, feelings, it stores emotions, it stores sensations. And if we don't, you know, we need to be able to tune in and listen. It was right about the time, you know, you're dealing more with the, the idea of the positive psychology. You're dealing more with the idea of um, mindset. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, you start coming into neuroscience where it talks about the brain and the idea of the brain body connection and how important that is. Um, and also mixed in there, you know, you've got um, some gold star standards from regular talk therapy coming in for trauma to EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Um, and um, along with that polyvagal theory, which kind of talks about our nervous system and the importance that it plays in terms of healing and staying in and out of fight, flight, freeze mode. So Gary Craig developed tapping, emotional freedom techniques, or EFT. Um, he was a student of a, another um, doctor who was working with a patient named Mary. And Mary had a phobia of water. And what he noticed, because she could just say the word water and she'd literally almost have a panic attack. And when she went to tap on herself, she visibly kind of calmed down. And that's kind of what started this idea of why, what's going on with our nervous system? What's happening? And so tapping is really this idea that when you acknowledge and, and um, deal with feelings, negative thoughts, core beliefs, like I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, I'm not worthy, and you tap at the same time, you're calming your nervous system and you're interrupting that automatic fight, flight, freeze response, as well as that um, automatic negative thought and core belief. And so now your body's like, well, what do I do? And so instead of getting triggered, you stay calm. And so then you're able to process and work through whatever the issue might be. Um, and so they found, you know, done hundreds of studies now really showing that with tapping, that's literally what you're doing. You're tapping along a set of acupuncture points and that medicine, the Chinese medicine has been around for thousands of years. And then it's combining several different uh, therapies that are out there to include neuroscience. You know, it's a beautiful book, um, The Body Keeps the Score, that really talks about the intersection, yeah, of the mind, the body, um, the feelings. And when you address that, you're really able then to help process and move on those stored memories and thoughts and feelings so that it doesn't impact you anymore. Um, and that's really what tapping is all about. And it can be a lot quicker uh, than sometimes traditional therapies can be. Yeah. It's, um, I remember the first time uh, I was, I experienced tapping and it was, uh, like you said, it, it, you have to experience it. And I know we're going to have an opportunity to experience it with, with our listeners in a little bit, but you have to experience it to understand the power. And it's so funny because there's been so many times since I first was ex uh, exposed to it where I, I feel all of my old narratives kind of mm -hmm. building back up inside of me. And I have all these tools and all these ways to deal with it. And the minute I go, oh, that's right, tapping works. And I use it on myself. I'm like, oh, that old thing. That doesn't need to be here anymore. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it really is. It's so powerful. Yeah. It just goes to show like how, um, how we carry those things with us. And even though we think we've put them down, uh, there are some things that are just uh, ingrained in our, our, our 
our body memory, yeah. right? Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. understanding that there's this program. So uh, I'm as an NLP pack practitioner, right? I do understand like we've, yeah. we have these little bits of stuff that are just like programmed in us. I often imagine a Betamax tape, yeah. where, oh, yeah. right? And and things come up, right, Kim? Yeah. And it's playing over and over again. And some of the tools that we use just turn the volume down, but it doesn't stop yeah. the the tape from, from going. And yeah. so there are techniques in the world where we actually get to stop, look at it for a moment and say, okay, where can I splice this tape now? Because there are things that that I do want to, um, that I don't want to carry anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. And we get that opportunity to look at it uh, through EFT and through um, NLP as well. Yeah. And just to give a, a little example, you know, my own healing journey with PTSD in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, Seattle, South of Seattle, where I'm at in Gig Harbor, people love their fireworks. And I mean, it would sound like a war zone, just a cacophony of fireworks and loud fireworks. And it was always unanticipated. So for years, you know, I would always sit there and just flinch with every single noise. And after this healing journey that I went on, I stood outside and with all of that noise and I just had tears streaming down my face because I wasn't flinching anymore. Whereas the year before, I was in under the covers in bed listening to this for five hours and my nervous system was so stressed out. And then now, you know, fast forward to go, this is emotional freedom. This is really what it's all about. Yeah. And that you just, you named it right there. Right. And, and it, we're, we're talking about emotional freedom and, and the reality that we feel that we um, get to, to live into is that feeling of freedom. Yes. Like yes. our emotions is, are what we are free from because our nervous system has been able to be regulated. And there are so many different ways in which we can do this. There are so many tools. Yep. I know Louise uses NLP. I know you use prim use a lot of things, but you primarily use EFT. Yep. I use a lot of somatics and visualization yeah. and yeah. Um, breathing techniques as ways to bring ourselves back down to regulate our parasympathetic system, to yep. regulate our nervous system so that we can experience what it is that we're, we want to experience without yeah. being overwhelmed yeah. um, by these thoughts and emotions that can take over and, and really be running the show. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's, once you experience that, you know, and, and it does, it feels a little odd, you know, let's see here. <laughs> I'm going to just tap on myself. Uh, and yet once you do it, like you mentioned, it's, you're going, did that really work? Yeah. Oh, I did. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you're back in front of that trigger, what, and, yeah. and I'm, it can be a big T trigger, a little T trigger, whatever yeah. it is that tr triggers that emotion. Um, I know for me, the first time I did it, it was around um, money wounds, around money stories. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And um, I would panic every time, like full on anxiety, panic attack to look at my bank accounts. Yeah. Just that let alone having to deal with, you know, mounds of debt and student loans and blah, 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 like all of oh, this yeah. stuff. I was like, how yeah. the hell do I get out of this? And my practitioner was able to walk me through it. And it does, it feels silly at first. And now I'm like, oh, good God, just let me tap. <laughs> let me get it out. But what's so fascinating is how quickly then I was like, oh, I can look at my bank accounts without a problem. I'm not feeling that same emotional rush, that same yeah. place where I'm suddenly not in control and I'm overwhelmed by emotion. Yeah. yeah. You're really able to be present and just then handle, okay, what's going on? And then instead of being emotionally hijacked, you know, by our nervous system or, or our inner critic, we're able then to stay regulated and to stay within that boundary and have so much more control and freedom about how we want to handle something. So I'd love an experiment experience with this. I was going to say experiment, experiment, Let's an experiment and an experience. Um, and I'd love to know if anybody who's listening live would have a topic that we would like to do a little tapping on. If so, drop it in the comments while we're still chatting here. Otherwise we'll come up with something between the three of us, but it would be really fun if it was somebody, somebody who was just listening in who might just have a general topic. General topic, not, you know, you, we don't want to go to the PTSD. We don't want to go to the severe trauma because we're not there to support you. But think of something that is just a little bit like, whoo, that gets me a little, a little anxious. 
<laughs> get my little spilkies up. There we go. A little Yiddish for you today. <laughs> I love it. Love it. And while, and while we're thinking about that, so, you know, to realize that tapping can be used for such a wide variety of areas or issues or challenges that you might be facing, you know, tapping can be used like meditation, mindfulness, breath work, yoga, uh, exercise, movement in terms of just a pure relaxation or a pure um, bring that stress level down to all the way to dealing with and resolving, you know, PTSD, trauma, anxiety, money issues, um, manifestation, you know, because normally we work with what's the challenge first. We want to acknowledge it. And then from there, we work in what is it we want. Um, and that's fairly typical because we want to re help our brain re rewire itself from the negative to the positive to seeing what possibilities are out there. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because I've I have um, referred several of my clients who are dealing with some significant trauma um, to EFT practitioners in their area. Um, it is great to do virtually as well yes. with these individuals. It was so significant. I wanted them to be with somebody who is right in, in their face. Yeah, yeah. Um, but having that ability to face trauma that we haven't ever been able to face before, um, right? Things that we may have memories of, but that we shove down. Yep. Um, and we're like, yeah, I have, I have one, one beautiful client who's like, Every time I have trauma go through my life, I give myself 72 hours to get through it. And then I have to be done with it. I have to move on. I'm like, yeah, how's that working for you? <laughs> Let's see. We have something in the comments. So, all right, here we go. Appearance. I feel yes. like we all have insecurities or weight, et cetera. So what about something around, can we do some tapping around how we feel about how we appear in the world? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Great. Are we ready to get started? You have any other questions before we start, Louise? No, let's go. All right, let's let's play. Let's play. So just you know, um, keep me keep me good, right? Yep. You know, so if, as we, because I want to make sure we leave a little time at the end for any questions or just processing experiences, you know, for this. Yep. So for everybody, I invite you all to um, tap along with us, and we're going to start here at the side of the hand, which is the karate chop point or side of the hand. And it's just, a, you could do two fingers, three, four fingers, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter which hand. And it's just light pressure. You don't have to sit there and pound it. Um, and if that tactile sensation does not feel comfortable, you can also rub, you know, a gentle rub for these points instead of doing the tapping. Okay. And so we're going to start by doing what's called a setup statement, just so people know what to expect. That setup statement, we say the challenge, and then we say what we want and how we feel about ourselves now um, three times and that sets up the dynamic and then we do three rounds of tapping we'll do one acknowledging the issue one acknowledging what we want and then a com combination of that and that's how we do it okay, okay cool. all right so let's begin by tapping on the side of the hand and then i'm going to invite you and i'll say phrases short and sweet uh, you can say it out loud or you can say it silently to yourselves uh, for Louise and Kim, your choice since we're all live, you know, how you want to, how you want to do this. Um, but just repeat after me, like I said, silently or out loud. So even though I have this doubt about my appearance and my confidence, I choose to accept myself as I am right now. And I love and accept myself as I am now. I'm going to do that two more times. So even though I have this doubt and feel a lack of confidence about my appearance, judging myself, I trust the process of life. And I choose to accept myself as I am now. And I love and accept myself as I am now. And then one more time. So even though I have this doubt, this lack of nagging confidence, because I feel like there's so much judgment, my own and others, I choose to accept me 
I choose to know that I am enough. And I love and accept myself as I am now. And then we're just going to come to the top of the head. Once again, you can do both hands, either hand. It's your comfort. And just tapping gently at the crown of the head. And we're just going to repeat a reminder phrase, keeping it simple. And this can be modified along the way. Just this lack of confidence. And then come into the eyebrow point, which is right where the sinus passage is. Once again, both or either your choice. Feeling this doubt. Side of the eye. And somehow I'm not good enough. Right underneath the eye, right on the eye socket. This doubt. Underneath the nose. This lack of confidence. Underneath the mouth. This pressure I put on myself. And all these flaws that I notice. Good. And we're going to come to the collarbone. No, I'm not stripping. I'm just so you can see that collarbone point right there on the bone, either side or both. This doubt. It makes me feel questioning of myself, of my abilities. And then we're going to do underneath the arm. It's right technically four inches below the armpit, right on that meaty section there. Just tapping right there. This self-doubt. It can be so overwhelming. I look in the mirror and I just start seeing flaws. Then we're going to come to the side of the hand. Back to the beginning. This doubt. This lack of confidence. I feel so critical. If only this would change and you can insert what it is for you. Top of the head. Such doubt. I'm curious, though, if there's another way to look at it. Maybe I can choose to accept me. Come into that eyebrow point. I can choose the doubt. Or I can choose the confidence. Side of the eye. I can choose to be comfortable in my own skin. Underneath the eye. I can choose to accept myself as I am now. All my perceived flaws, all my perceived goodness, all the things that I actually like about myself, but I forget because I notice those flaws. Underneath the nose, I choose to accept me. Underneath the mouth, I choose to notice all of those automatic negative thoughts that just come up because of those core beliefs I may have that I learned a long time ago and just assumed to be true. But what if they're not? What if I have the power to choose? Collarbone. I choose to feel enough. I choose to feel confident and capable. I choose to love 
myself as I am right now. Underneath the arm. And I choose to honor my body, to love me. Side of the hand. And even though there may be things I want to change, so much pressure I put on myself so, creates such doubt. All these things I'd like to shift or change or that I hyper-focus on. And yet I also have that ability to focus on what I like. Name it for you. Name one thing for yourself that you do like. Focus on that. Let's expand that. Top of the head. I don't know. That sounds kind of hokey. This is positive. Yeah, just believe it. I love myself. Yeah, right. It's this doubt. It's still there. Eyebrow point. I choose to believe in me. To realize those negative thoughts, they just float on by. Just like those positive thoughts do. And I chose to latch onto the negative. Side of the eye, right on the corner of the eye, right on that eye socket. I still feel this doubt, this negativity about my appearance, this such pressure I put on myself, such expectation. It's exhausting underneath the eye. And I can also choose to believe in myself, to just accept myself. I don't have to be perfect. There's no such thing because I am enough. I am worthy. Underneath the nose, this doubt, this lack of confidence underneath the mouth. What if I can shift it? Just by saying that, acknowledging that doubt and also being curious. There's been times I've liked myself in the past or liked something about myself or even currently like that I've done and that I do. I'm going to choose to look at that, to notice how that feels, expand that feeling, that confidence that came with it, that enjoyment, collarbone. That doubt is really there, though. It's so entrenched. All of those negative thoughts that have been floating around for so long that I've bought into. And it was just that. It was my inner critic but yet I'm still buying it underneath the arm. And at the same time, I can choose to believe in myself. I can choose to know that I'm enough and I can honor my body and just be so grateful for all it does for me. The movement, the freedom, the ease, being able to breathe moment to moment to moment. I choose me. I choose to accept myself. Coming back to the side of the hand, and even though I have this doubt, I hear and acknowledge it. And yet with tolerance, compassion, understanding, and grace, I choose to call my power back into my body, to be whole once more to be free, to stand in genuine alignment with who I am, because I am enough. I am worthy and I am capable. I'll just take a moment and take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And for those that are listening and for Kim and Louise, I want you to just kind of think back to when you first started and think back to how you were feeling when we were talking about doubt or we were talking about appearance and kind of that negative sensation. And what was the intensity level of it on a scale of zero to 10? Maybe zero, you know, zero being completely calm, completely confident and comfortable with 
our own skin and our own appearance, 10 being really uncomfortable, really a sense of doubt or lack of confidence, whatever it might be for you. And then where are you now? Did you see a shift on that same scale after the tapping? So for me, I know it was, I was, as you started, probably a six on that scale. And that came down to probably a two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that that first round, and this is true for me whenever um, I do tapping that first round, like some of the phrases you used got me to that place where I, I was near tears and it was like, oh, yeah, feeling that. So thank yeah. you. Thank you yeah. for sharing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I probably I think I was at about a six or seven. I would put myself at um, probably about a three or a four now. Um, used, yeah, you use the word grounded, um, very much. So, um, that the flow of energy is just very different, yeah. um, in me than it was when we started. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. Thank you very much. Both of y'all for sharing and any of the listeners, if there's a, a comment that you want to share, please, by all means do so, because we'd love to hear it. But I just wanted it to say that, so that's the power of just doing simple three rounds of tapping. And what's different here is we were kind of generalizing, right? Because I didn't have a chance to really go in depth. We didn't have a chance to make it very specific for each person. And when you get specific, it really, you're going to see that intensity level drop even more. Um, now, having said that, ideally, we like to get whatever the issue is you're working on for that tapping session, we ideally like to get it to a zero. Because once it's a zero, it's been processed from your body, from your mind, it's moved on. Um, when it's not, it doesn't mean that it's not working. It's not an all or nothing. It's to show you, look, look what happens, how it calms your body. It enables you then to be open to really looking at the positivity or the possibilities of shifting from that automatic negative thoughts that's just hardwired in because of fight, flight, freeze mode and what can be done. And if you're seeing it come down to a two or to a three or a four, then I invite you, know, you to tap again. And you can use the same thing and you can keep it even simpler of be very specific of what's the feeling um, what's the emotion? What's the issue? And just say that phrase without any alterations on each point, you know, and you should start to keep noticing then it coming down. Now, every once in a while, there's a spike and that's okay because it means that we really hit a core issue, a core belief that needs then to be tapped on. And we get really specific when we do, and we're able to bring that down and then come back to this main one and start tapping again. What I love about this is, so I do love a good affirmation, right? I love, I love giving myself affirmations. And yet, um, as, as we've shared before, uh, Louise and I have a mentor who, who taught us the phrase glitter on poop. And very often, um, affirmations can be just that. They can just be pouring a whole ton of yeah. glitter on poop. Yeah. What I appreciate about the affirmation process here is that it is actively working with our with our nervous system with our bodies yep. uh, on those acupressure points and it is fascinating if you go i did a little research uh, on like what are those points because i used to go to acupuncture all the time yeah, I'm like yeah. but what are those points and what are they doing and how are they doing it and is this just a whole lot of hooey and what are they brainwashing me why am i doing this why am I, right i had all the I, I, I had those same thoughts when i first got started yeah yeah right and and to actually learn oh no that's what that's why you say this type of thing here and then why when you go through the different points just even repeating those phrases you can feel your body coming to this place of calm yeah. again where you're not feeling flooded by the yeah. emotions and then you can deal right yeah. Yeah. with the, with whatever it is in whatever other modality you want to do yeah. so yeah. i think eft is super powerful and it is such a great way to combine with other therapeutic, therapeutic technologies, yeah. techniques yeah. that can support us on each of our individual journeys. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, my, my day, you know, my ideal day, my you know, creative magic day, you know, I will do 
meditation, a guided meditation. I like using the Calm app, you know, and doing a meditation there. Um, I do breath work as I'm traveling to and from the wise to teach because it's a perfect place in the car to practice my inhales, hold, ex longer exhale to, you know, continue to calm my nervous system and all of those. And I tap, you know, if there's whether it's a main big issue that came up, get triggered or just a, hey, let me unwind from the day or let me start the day and just kind of acknowledge or I tap before I see clients, you know, um, just to set and be centered in my energy. Uh, when I go to then work with clients. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm using all of those tools and resources um, because over time, it just expands that positive, that rewiring of our brain, you know, to really see the possibilities and what we can do and feeling present and centered and grounded um, in ourselves and in alignment with who we are. We start really seeing, you know, how much our inner critic has hijacked things along the way. And I say inner critic, I've named, you know, when you name them, name them to tame them, right? So mine, mine are Statler and Waldorf from um, the Muppets, the old guys in the balcony. Hustling. Yeah. Like, all right, guys, what's up? Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, we, I do a lot of work with saboteurs. So it's like the oh, whole yeah. boardroom of them. Yep. And um, yeah, they each have different names and personalities. And it's yep. like, Ooh, yeah, yeah, you're coming today, coming. Wilma. Yeah, exactly. Um, what are our wonderful takeaways from our conversation today? Like, what are those golden nuggets that we want to make sure that we're taking with us? And, and again, if you're listening in and want to share the, any takeaways and anything that you learned from today, that'd be fabulous as well. Yeah. Um, thank you for that, Taz, and walking us through, um, walking us through an example, an experiment of uh, what it can really feel like. Um, and knowing that it is an experiment, right? Um, and, and, being open to what um, what can come your way, yeah. um, I think was so important about today. Um, my golden nugget, it was just this realization and, and a, a reminder, I suppose, of how our emotions can hijack us, how we can really just feel like we've lost some control over what we're putting out into the world because of all of the all of that energy, right, that, that's flowing through us and it's just presenting itself in a really unresourceful way. Um, I, I love that reminder that that we can easily get hijacked, um, but at the end of the day, we're still flying the plane. Um, and we get to decide that. And this technique has just been a wonderful way to um, to remind me on like, like who's, who's really driving here. Um, and that would be me. Um, so thank you for that. Beautiful. Taz, do you have any takeaways from today? The biggest thing, one is just a reminder, you're not alone, you know, to, to people that are listening, that there are different tools and techniques and resources available, you know, and to reach out. Um, and tapping is a wonderful one, but there's others, NLP, coaching, therapy, um, EMDR, you name it, you know, it's finding what works for you, but to know that there are so many resources and try tapping, be open to it because it's so powerful. And that brain body connection is real. Neuroscience shows it, you know, and when you can really tap into those feelings, the automatic negative thoughts, tying it back to a core belief and a memory and process that, oh, it is so freeing y'all. That's awesome. Love it. My golden nugget is to, to, um, not do tapping in the middle of a session or in the middle of an episode because I just, I'm so chill now. I'm like, hey, are we <laughs> So that's my golden nugget. <laughs> Thank you for the relaxation. And ooh, we got a show to still do. <laughs> Taz, where can people find you in the world? Check out my website, Taz Vasquez. Dot com, or you can check me out on Facebook or LinkedIn, Instagram, any of the social media. I'm also there as well. Um, and if you're interested in any resources, there are some beautiful ones out there, not just mine, but there are so many beautiful practitioners. Um, the Tapping Solution is a great resource that's out there. Um, so is uh, EFT Universe, the Center for EFT Studies, um, EFT Headquarters. Those are some great ones to check out if you're curious or Brad Yates on YouTube, even um, if you want to you know, be curious and go look up what's this tapping thing all about. 
Yeah. And what's so wonderful about so many of the ones that you just mentioned is if you plug in like what your issue is, like appearance, weight, money, um, stress, overwhelm, anxiety, whatever it is that you're feeling, there's a tapping solution to use the name of the tapping solution. Um, there, there are those little quick hits. And I will reiterate what Taz said, because I have experienced both the very general, which is great and will definitely get you centered and chilled out and not able to function at the end of an episode. Um, and, and there is that very, when it's, when you're working one-on-one with somebody like Taz, you get that ability to use your own stories, your own words to support yourself in your own growth and development. So, and that is the magic. General. It is yeah. so cool. Yeah. General, general's great. It borrowed, it's called borrowed benefits. You know, we all benefit from it and get to relax our nervous system. But when you can actually, you know, get very specific, yeah, boy, talk about a powerful resource and tool. Absolutely. Borrowed benefits that I'm loving right now. <laughs> what do we have coming up next week? Uh, what do we have coming up next week? Oh, I know this. Um, our episode next week is Nobody Puts Baby in a Corner, and it's oh. not Patrick Swayze um, who will be what? our guest because that would be a really weird episode. Um, but we've got uh, we've got Mackenzie Armstrong coming in to uh, to chat with us. Um, please uh, join us for our next episode. Uh, please check out the show notes um, and reach out to Taz as well. Um, I want to thank you and say how much I appreciate you here today with us, uh, Taz, and I appreciate all of our listeners as well. So thank you so much. Thank Absolutely. you all. Very Taz, much. thank you. Thank you. And here's the thing about next week. It's not Patrick Swayze, but we get to figure out what no put nobody puts baby in your corner has to do with Pinterest. Oh. You have to turn like into, tune in. My God. seriously, don't do tapping when you have an episode <laughs> to finish. Like that is my takeaway. All right, I'm done, folks. Have a good week. <laughs> All right, everyone. Take care. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Y'all.